the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current-day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to americanschismbook.com. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, on behalf of Detroit, we want to present these books. And this bitch playing no roles. At Excuse all. all the cussing, that's just how I get my flow on. If you wanna leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretch said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. irrelevant. Big Gretch ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we gonna take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Gretch got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Gretch with the bucks on, on the lookout. And she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of buffs with the ice and them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission, throw them buffs on her face, cause that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Big throw them buffs on her face, cause that's Big Gretch. 
We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Greg. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Greg. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Greg. Big TomSummerProgram.com
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a former United States Marine Special Intelligence Communications Officer as well as an Information Management Officer in the U.S. Department of State Foreign Service Diplomatic Corps. Uh, He has lived and worked in Africa, Europe, Central America, as well as spending 11 years in the Middle East. And he has turned his attention to writing a children's book for kids. <laughs> it, it, is, uh, it is called C is for Corruption, an ABC book of American politics. His name is uh, Alan Yeck, and he joins me by phone. Hi, Al. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. Hello? You just faded right out on me. Hello. There you go. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't hear you. Yeah, I, for some reason you you just faded out for a minute there. So uh, let's try it again. Uh, hi, Al. Welcome to the show. <laughs> and and you're still faded out. How about now? That's good. Okay. All right. Well, once again, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. I'm happy to be here. Thanks um, for having me. How firmly did you have to place your tongue in your cheek to write this book? It was uh, <laughs> a situation <laughs> where, and and for the for the listeners, the, the a, a little background on children's book, not a children's book, and that was I was doing research on the student loan industry and how we got to this $1.8 trillion debt, which is, you know, it's still going on out there. So as I was doing that research, um, which is a very corrupt industry, I started coming into other parts of the government that were just blatantly corrupt. And at that time that I was working on it, I was at a coffee shop, and I was sitting next to a, a lady, and she happened to be a children's book author. So we started talking to each other. And... She suggested I write a children's book about political corruption. And I'm thinking, well, you know, how, how can you do that? How can you explain <laughs> concepts, right, like that to little kids? But I fell in love with the format. So, so while this, was, this would be good for like a high school political science class because each topic they can drill down into and, and expand on, or even, even at the college level because so many of our college kids if you were to ask them what AMSCAB, ABSCAM was, they, they'd have no idea about it. All right, but, right. Um, so I hooked up with an illustrator, and so the, the look of the book is that of a children's book, but the content, I would say, you know, a little bit older, a little bit older. When I was, um, Al, when I was a, a, a kid, I learned that, that old fairy tale about George Washington and the cherry tree, which turned out to be a parable and not real history not true at all yes but you know i um 
made the mistake of when my daughter was in uh, kindergarten or first grade, um, they had done a bunch of, uh, uh, they had done an exercise where they drew pictures and did a little report about presidents. And mm -hmm. my daughter had done George Washington, and I jumped right into my, and she was showing it to me when I went to pick her up from class. And um, I, so I went right into the George Washington cherry tree, I cannot tell a lie story. And just as her teacher was about to admonish me, she said, imagine that, a president that doesn't lie. <laughs> and she's like five years old, Al. Oh, that's and, funny. And and the the teacher, you know, of course, she corrected me, but she said, out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> Absolutely. And Absolutely. And, you know, I'm that, sorry, Tom, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's why I was so, that's one of the reasons why I, I found your book so appealing. Um it, because I think, well, for one, I think kids can understand a lot more than we give them credit for. Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. And the the uh, uh, the thing with the the book is, I I am a hundred percent nonpartisan um, in the sense hashtag they all suck. I do not like blues, the reds, they're they're terrible, and I think the country is coming together which we haven't been, but we can come together on how terrible our government is being run. And it's not, and it's not that it's a, uh, a Biden issue. It's not that it's a Trump issue. The system itself is, is now owned and operated by uh, the corporations, big, big money, and individual wealth. And that goes back to a, a 2010 Supreme Court ruling of Citizens United versus the FEC. And in that ruling, that opened the floodgates for dark money to come into politics. And it has poured in. And just in the 2020 election cycle, it was uh, almost a billion dollars coming in. And with this, this, this uh, 2010 case, what it did was overturned 100 years of, uh, of campaign laws, and it was it was a five to four decision at the Supreme Court, and they and this was about the the, the first uh, freedom freedom of speech that a corporation uh, we can't limit how much they can donate to a politician that that that's wrong so that's what the Supreme Court said and when they said it they cited that money can't corrupt politics. <laughs> and I have to say that again. <laughs> they said money can't corrupt politics. Oh, stop. So, You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so what we become is, um, and for your listeners, and, and in the book I, I mentioned uh, a bit of this, and I've got another book coming out, but I love democracy. I love my country. But the democracy that we have coming out of D.C. right now, and many of our state capitals too, is not the democracy of the people, by the people, for the people. It's a democracy of the ultra-wealthy corporations, by the ultra-wealthy corporations, for the ultra-wealthy corporations. More about C is for Corruption, an ABC book of American politics, with author Alan Yeck, straight ahead. Everybody's doing 
it on brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place 
with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hi this is deb cherry genesee county treasurer and you're listening to the tom sumner radio show More about C is for Corruption, an ABC book of American politics with author Alan Yeck, straight ahead. Now, you mentioned, um, and, and I assume you're taking this from the book, A is for Abscam. Yes. What is B for? B is for Bill Clinton. And this was, uh, you know, <laughs> He got his own besides, letter. He got his own letter. And, you know, there, there's, there's so many multiple... Uh, things that I could bring up on, on the letter, so I had to settle on one. But really what sold me on using B for Bill Clinton was, besides his impeachment, it was his tie to Jeffrey Epstein and his lying about ever being on Epstein's plane as many times as he was, which was the Lolita Express. And Bill has a, uh, a history, as we know, of behavior that would not be something that we'd want to model to uh, our, our young men growing up today. We, nobody, I would not want any young man to be, to think of Bill Clinton as, you know, the person I want to emulate. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Um, you know, Bill Clinton is, is fairly recent, and his name comes up a lot, like it did during the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Um, but you have W is for Watergate. Watergate goes back a little ways, Al. It and, does. And I just and I just wonder um, how and why it's still relevant. It's still relevant because of the 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 sheer corruption that took place uh, of Watergate, where we had the president's people uh, break into the Democratic National Headquarters. To, to steal files. And this was actually the, the second time, a, the, the, the first time uh, that it happened, it was discovered after the second one. So, you know, where it set off alarms, the guards came, uh, all these people uh, were arrested. It caused President Nixon to resign before he could be impeached. And uh, the people involved, <clears throat> many were later granted pardon, including Nixon, by his then Vice President Ford, full pardon. And there's a history of that as you look, um, uh, I mean, for the last 150 years of our country, at least, of this politicians getting caught, doing something corrupt, both blue and red, the next cycle that comes through, they're pardoned. And so they're not doing the time. And, and we can also see that with the, uh, uh, the most recent cases of, of Big Pharma, and their, and their settlements over Oxycontin and the addiction. So they get fined $4 billion, but not one of them, which is $4 billion, you know, they're like, oh, that's, that's uh, you know, yeah. we'll have to cut back on the number of jets we own. But it, it also, uh, they do no jail time. No jail time, yet tens of thousands of Americans have died because of their drugs and, and their addiction. No jail time. And so it's, so it's all of all of that, um, all of those things going on in our country uh, today, 
and nothing is getting better. And it can't get better because it's not about who's in office or the party they're with. Because once they get into the game, it's that game that's broken. It's, it's that. Uh, so you could have Mother Teresa, if she was alive today, be a senator. And she, could, she would accomplish nothing because the, 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 the party come, become, uh, comes before the people. And that is really what is, has been destroying our country and will continue to destroy our country until we can hold those people accountable to get the big money out of politics. Now, we have um, a, a situation, as you're alluding to, where we have a lot of division in this country. There are millions of people firmly committed to one side, millions of people firmly committed to the other side, and and not really willing to hear each other out. It reminds me of a joke I heard on the, the television show West Wing. The president tells his story at a town hall meeting where two politicians are having an argument, and one says to the other, are you lying to me? And he goes, yeah, but hear me out. <laughs> That's right. But but there That's is right. this division, and I think it was uh, conservative journalist George Will. I'm not absolutely certain it was George Will, but I think it was, who said the uh, the biggest party, uh, political party in um, in the U.S. was not the Republicans or the Democrats. It uh, it literally was the um, independents. The uh, no affiliation. Mm -hmm. and I, it, I, I think there's probably some truth to that. But even within, uh, to me, the, the, the independents, the current Democrats and Republicans system is not going to give up their power to, to bring in a third party, a true third party type situation. So it's how do we address that without that third party? And... And uh, when I was growing up, there was, it was issue-based politics. And I think if I remember when I first, you know, at 18, what I registered as, and, and I, I really, I can't remember, but I think it was a Democrat, never went in and pulled the blue handle. It was always, okay, what, what, what's the issue and what, who is it that's uh, going to solve it and how are they going to solve it? And then I would vote for that person. And I never... So, so I would vote for Democrat, I would vote for Republicans, I could vote for Green, um, vote for Ralph Nader. I mean, it, it was a situation where uh, it wasn't all or nothing. And we've shifted that today. And the politics that are coming out of D.C., the narrative is red is bad, blue is bad, you know, from each other. Yeah, and my significant the, other, uh, Sandy, says... Uh, the right wing and the left wing are both parts of the same bird. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, the, bird is, the bird is about itself. They have their, they're within their own bubble, and it's more important for them to win their, their games back and forth than to address the needs of the American people. And what I'm seeing more of even though mainstream media is not necessarily has has not been an ally to the American people for many years, but even they're kind of uh, addressing that uh, how messed up it is. 
So that's why I think that where you have those hardcore camps, even in those hardcore camps, people can agree that um, it is the system. So it doesn't matter if you vote Republican. It doesn't matter if you vote Democrat because the system is still broken and it's we're still not going to move ahead where we need to be as a nation. I want to get back to the book in a minute, but I want to take a little side trip here with you overseas uh, because you spent so much of your career in other countries around the world, including the 11 years you spent in the Middle East. And what, what did you experience about people in other countries, Africa and Europe and Central America and so on, as their impression of the U.S.? You know, that would vary uh, depending on, on who I was talking to, but if, uh, and uh, whether it was a, uh, you know, a short encounter or a relationship. And what I learned uh, as I, you know, I, was, I started out as a young man traveling the world. And so going overseas, <clears throat> I had all my American filters up and, and, uh, and not understanding, but, but over time you, you start to view it as uh, uh, from other cultures and, 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 and how they experience their lives. And one of the things that is universal is that uh, all the places I've been, all the relationships in those countries have been wonderful, wonderful people. And it doesn't matter about their religion. It doesn't matter uh, if uh, the, the political system they live in. What I found is people get along. It's the government's that have the issues and it's the governments that uh, bring the problems and when i was in the uae i was um, a a dean over uh, about 200 faculty and staff and from 55 nations and we so you would have somebody from india and pakistan right next to each other working together having dinner together laughing the families knew each other so whereas in you know the two countries they're always on the brink of war with each other. So uh, through, throughout the world, uh, humans are the same. We, we want better for our children. We want a, uh, a fair shot. And, and pretty much is, and, and, uh, uh, if you can lay that path out, that, and, and not, I'm not talking about exporting American democracy, which has not gone well, <laughs> really ever <laughs> you know it worked it worked for us but to try and take that put it into the country that's that's had a, a dictatorship rule for uh, uh thousands of years it, it you know it's it, it's it doesn't work like that so it, it's it's been a uh, eye-opening that people are people humans are humans and we can always come together just at that human level with that in mind, we're at a period in, in American history where uh, people are divided in a way that they haven't been since probably during the Civil War. And, and there's this, this whole thing about you either agree with me or you're a moron. Yes. And what I'm what I'm asking is as heated as, as the civil or civil civic discourse has become is it through parody that you can get people to take a beat and think about how bad things really are and what needs to be done 
Yes, because it's non-threatening. I'm not coming out and saying, you know, like you said, I'm not coming out and saying red is a moron or blue is a moron or I'm coming out through parody and I'm saying, look, and I want everybody to do their own research. I want everybody to uh, multiple. So, so if you're a, if you watch, if you watch Fox, watch CBS, watch, um, uh, public, public broadcasting, watch, you have to have multiple sources. It's really today. It's like panning for gold. to get political <laughs> truth. It's exactly like that, Al. Yeah. You get a big scoop of all the mainstream media, shake it around. And, and then you have to evaluate the, the, the truth of the, and all of them are biased and all of them can just leave one word out or leave or, or add an additional word and it will change the, 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 the whole meaning of what's really going on. And it's done intentionally. So that, so everyone I urge, do your own research, but uh, the parody is a way of saying uh, we are in this together. So let's, so let's focus on fixing DC first and then we can get back to what we believe in versus uh, parties. I, you know, every once in a while, I I find myself surfing the cable news networks, and I'll, you know, watch Fox for a minute, and they're on a whole tirade about some Black Lives Matter demonstration or what was going on in in was it Portland, and and then okay. I and then I flip it over to MSNBC, and it's a retrospective about the Obama years. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know, I, and I can flip that. You know, I, I can you know turn on MSNBC and and or or even CNN, sadly, and they're covering uh, around the clock the the January sixth insurgents on the Capitol, and you turn it to Fox, and it's uh, remembering Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and so it's not just changing a word. It's what you decide to show. Oh, and, and all of that is intentional. It is completely because mainstream media are corporations also. So, you know, they've got their checks being written to them. So, you know, they put their niche in and, and uh, they can play the people, uh, which makes them just a tool of the politicians. And unfortunately, it's, it's, the burden is upon us now to sort through the, the nuances of the news to find what's true and, and, and to recognize that that's going on. And it's going on for no matter what party you're in, it's going on. Yeah, and I have to ask what F stands for. Uh, fraud. Oh, see, now I I was secretly hoping it was fake news. Oh, <laughs> see, but, but that was it. There were so many choices. Of course, uh, that that I that I could have used. Uh, fake fake news is is uh, certainly uh, one that's went. Uh, uh, where I I've got to say honestly, when it first came out, when Trump first started using the term, I was like, well, you know, if you if you don't disagree with it, that doesn't mean it's fake. But what I found is in their zealousness to defend themselves much of it is um bs that's coming out and it's completely you know i miss the days of when you would watch the news and it was a broadcaster 
that would read what was going on, what the news was, without the side narrative of what their opinion is of it, or to put another four faces on the TV to give their opinion of it. Just tell me what happened. Give me the facts, which, you know, that's, we know those can be twisted, but, and I can make my own decision. Well, I ta- I was talking with a, an FBI profiler some years ago, and she was lamenting that, that the media, in its rush to be first, always gets it wrong. Well, it, at least I, it, in the first draft, you know, because nobody's found anything out yet. It's a big shooting. They don't know what kind of weapons, how many victims, how many shooters. And, and so they go on the air with big holes in the story and and they start riffing and a lot of it's wrong well the one that comes to the most famous one or one of the most famous ones that that comes to mind is richard jewell so here's a guy that that, yeah what a tragedy uh, what a tragedy you know he he saves who knows how many lives with this bomb and then they persecute him and nbc leads the way in katie Couric, and and then they have to bring him on the show and apologize to him but in the meantime this guy who should have been uh, uh treated as a hero was just persecuted and and uh yeah complete tragedy one that another one that, that more recent is the border patrol agents and the haitian immigrants at the border and where you had a picture uh of a, a, a border patrol agent on a horse with his reins and then all of a sudden you have the president coming out saying, I think his words were that they were being strapped um, because, you know, that's strapped was the other century, which is where he's at. And then you had Kamala coming out, liking it to the treatment of indigenous people and, and people uh, during slavery. Then, you know, really hours later, the actual photographer says, look, I was there. That, that didn't happen at all. It was no a guy on a horse. <laughs> it was a guy on a horse. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, Biden is telling the American people they will pay. And, and without any investigation, he has condemned these border agents doing their job, who are tremendously understaffed as it is, which, just on, on, a, on a side thing real quick, we don't have any idea what's going on at the border because mainstream media isn't covering it like they did before. I have no idea how many thousands are coming through, but we know they're coming up. We know they're coming up every day, those caravans. But mainstream media isn't really covering it like they did before. So all of that, you know, as far as the, you know, to to have a president come out and condemn when he doesn't have the facts, that's reflective of the, the political society and then the news media. Well, Al, this this book, and I want to mention it again, it's called C is for Corruption, an ABC book of American politics, and it's a parody on the children's book format, but the messages uh, uh, really kind of help distill the confusing political messages that we get hammered with uh, day in and day out with uh, easy-to-understand uh, definitions and descriptions and, and some brilliant artwork, too. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Al, what's, uh, what's next for you? I've got a similar book coming out, uh, not, not the ABC format, but this one is called 
where the weasels sing. And <laughs> it's following, yes, and it's following a Congress, Congresswoman Ratt and Senator Fink and their issues such as the um, Unaffordable Health Care Act, uh, more into the student loan industry, um, a lot with uh, COVID, a lot with dark money, so that'll be out in the next month. And then after that, I've got a couple more lined up and another one uh, that I've been still working on, which is not in the, it's not in the parody, but uh, all of these are nonpartisan. And this is more the history of, of uh, criminal politicians, those that, that have been charged with crimes and at the, at the federal level and state level throughout the history of our country. And with the vast majority of those being attorneys that got caught. (laughs) um, I think I heard somebody joking once that Illinois, uh, that that one of the Illinois state prisons had a wing for governors. (laughs) (laughs) Until until he was pardoned. (laughs) But yeah, they do. Illinois has had more governors in in prison than any other state. Uh, Even Louisiana. Uh, Well, I'm Huey. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, they had to kill him to get him out so (laughs) this is this is great fun the book is c is for corruption an abc book of american politics by alan yeck alan i always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about more about you and your work past present and future um al do you have a website you can share the website that I'm using right now is called uh, Altraged, so it's A-L-T-R-A-G-E-D dot com, and Altraged is that it's it's that the uh, the system today, it's not on the left, it's not on the right. We we are in that center, but our voices are not heard. But I think there's more of us in this country than the left want to admit or the right want to admit, because to do so uh, loses their power. But at altrage.com, you'll see a lot of my previous articles I've written. And then to get the book, it's on Amazon. Well, Al, it's been a real pleasure uh, talking to you and and actually meeting you and getting to know you a little bit. I hope we'll get a chance to talk again in the future. Uh, You too, Tom. And and when my next book comes out, uh, you know, as soon as I get my hands on a copy, it's coming to you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Al, uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. All the best, Tom. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, Alan Yeck, the author of C is for Corruption, an ABC book of American politics. And uh, he would know, having spent uh, a good deal of his career in public service as a uh, Marine and in special intelligence communications and uh, information management in the uh, U.S. Department of State, um, We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Old-fashioned radio For a new generation TomSumnerProgram.com TomSumnerProgram.com
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Armchair Politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you are invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, near Pinckney. This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable armchair politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair politics is going to hell, and you can too. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. 
Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Tom Sumner Program. Senator, it is our pleasure to speak with you here tonight. As a Republican minority leader in the Senate, your views on affairs of state and on the political scene are always in demand. Senator, what's new? Well, if I gave you a direct answer, it would be almost a prejudgment of an issue on which testimony is still to be taken. (laughs) Senator, your political flamboyance is such that when coupled with your flowery oratory, there are those among the opposing party who say that you are actually nothing but a buffoon. I do not disagree. (laughs) Senator, I wonder if we can get some insight on your colorful career. Well, I know of no reason why we shouldn't. Well, then, why did you decide to become a United States Senator? Because that was my first job after I got out of high school. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Van Voorhees. Now, Senator, not to bring up a sore point, but you did nominate Mr. Goldwater in Chicago, did you not? So to speak. <laughs> Senator, are you denying it? I think so. <laughs> well, regardless... What do you think Mr. Goldwater and Mr. Miller should do during the coming years? I think they can very usefully get a lot of indoctrination by going to any party county headquarters, stuffing envelopes, getting to see people, develop a poise uh, as they see candidates and others come in, uh, run errands and so forth, familiarize themselves with party organization and machinery, and then it becomes part of their nature and it makes for uh, adeptness in the political field. Senator, do you think the Republican Party will stage a comeback in 1968? I know of no reason why it should. In your own mind, do you see a candidate emerging for 1968? No, I don't. Well, then where do you think the Republican candidate will come from in 1968? Out of the woodwork. Senator, how are the Democrats reacting to the news that Mr. Goldwater may step down as head of the Republican Party? They resent it, and they resent it bitterly. Continue the questioning now with Mr. St. Ledger. Senator, there's a move afoot to curtail the filibuster. I think I can say this. Excuse me, are my eyes deceiving me or is that a naked girl sitting up there on the Senate balcony? I think one can say reasonably that this has occupied the attention of the Senate since the 9th of January. Looking back, Senator, over your career, has there been one outstanding statement that you've made to your colleagues in your many years in the Senate? There has been. May I ask what it was? Little Tom Thumb pulled out a plum, as you know. 
you were conspicuous by your absence at the Washington Senator's opening game this year, an event which normally attracts the political leaders of both parties. Why was that? First, I had not been invited. Secondly, I, there was no hint that I would be invited. We, we understand. Third, I was not invited by anybody. <laughs> uh, we're a little short of time, sir. Fourth, I would not go if I was invited. No, we, we understand. There were two reasons why I wouldn't go. <laughs> wasn't an important question, sir. My Senate duties here are taxing enough as it is, and they are continuous. I would not like to see the implication go out. Uh, we have been talking with the Senate Minority Leader. Uh, we're sure he has enjoyed it as much as we have. I don't think so. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Another five-minute mystery. See if you can solve the case before the end of the program. Well, Alice, one more block and you'll behold the Brooks household. Two whole, two, whole, two whole years, Jim. It just doesn't seem possible it's been so long. You and Dorothy married and with a place of your own? Ah, it's true, all right. Only too bad you haven't taken advantage of the old Brooks hospitality sooner. Well, I'm here now and having a perfectly wonderful time. Now, here we are. Oh, what a charming place this is. Dorothy's probably on needles and pins waiting for me to get you here. Darling, it's Jim. Here's Alice. <gasps> Jim, look! What? Where? There, on the living room floor. It's Dorothy, dead. Mr. Brooks, I'm afraid you and Miss Manning will have to submit to some routine questions. I'll be happy to help in any way I can, Inspector. Thank you, Miss Manning. Now, Mr. Brooks, while we're waiting for some information I phoned for, I want you to tell me exactly what happened this morning. Well, there's nothing much to tell. Both my wife and I were quite excited, expecting Alice, that is, Miss Brant- Miss Manning here, to visit us from Chicago. I was to wait until she called me at the office. And you were there all morning? Yes, until Miss Manning's train arrived and we came out here. I had written Mrs. Brooks to tell her that I would call Jim at the office as soon as I arrived. The train was an hour late. Maybe if I had been here earlier, it may have been prevented. Hmm, well that remains to be seen. Apparently Miss Brooks was sitting here in this chair putting red polish on her fingernails when she was shot from behind. The polish had spilled all over the carpet and she was still holding the tiny brush in her hand. She must have recognized her attacker and since she did not die instantly, she printed these three initials here on the floor with the polish. D-O-C. D-O-C? I wish we could tell whose initials she was trying to reveal. Yeah, sure? You don't know anyone whose name would fit that? Positive. I can't. Oh, oh. Yes, Miss Manning, can you think of somebody with those initials? Well, I, I... D-O-C spells Doc, and it's Mr. Brooks's nickname. Why, it can't be. Yes, Mr. Brooks. 
I haven't been called Doc in over two years. It was a nickname I picked up in school. My wife didn't like the name and never used it. No one in New York even knows me by Doc. I've, you've got to believe me, Inspector. It's the truth. Hmm, well, that we'll see. Just a minute. Hello? Yes, Grady? Yes. I see. Well, it's sewed up anyway. Thanks. Well, you both will be happy to know our little murder is solved. Oh, then then it wasn't Doc after all? No, Miss Manning, it wasn't Doc. I'm arresting you, Miss Manning, for the murder of Dorothy Brooks. Why did the inspector arrest Miss Manning for the murder of Mrs. Brooks? In a moment, we'll hear. And now, back to our story. How dare you arrest me? I was still on the train. Your train wasn't late, Miss Manning. That phone call just verified the fact. You came out here, murdered Miss Brooks, returned to the station, and called Mr. Brooks to pick you up. That wasn't what really gave you away, though, Miss Manning. Too bad you didn't know Mr. Brooks was no longer called Doc when you printed those letters on the carpet. The next time you leave a name as a clue to throw suspicion, you'd better get the name right. But of course, there won't be a next time, will there, Miss Manning? Join us again next time for another chance to solve a five-minute mystery. TomSummerProgram.com I have to lay low for a while So I'll be staying here inside It's too dangerous out in the world I'll see you on the other side I'm in my quarantine In my little place too high My heart is aching and I'm missing you I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side We're all in for a bumpy ride I hold on to this phone so tight Then I'll whisper you a goodnight kiss I'll see you on the other side When I crawl out of my cage When the world is purified I will find you and I promise this I'll see you on the other side other side and I'll meet you with arms open wide I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side and I'll meet you with arms open wide I'll see you on the other side From the Thompson
touch that dial, you're listening to Tom Summer. 